took our 15-month goal to her first drag brunch. what I do. It's what I live for. So my students call me... Why did you whisper it so quietly? <laughs> she got shy. It's Mix Miller is what they call me. Though I'll say, I had a teenager call me Mr. Luke the other day and I kind of loved it. What do you think about Mr. Luke? Yeah. You like that one? Okay, yeah. I might switch it up to Mr. Luke at some point, but for right now, some non-binary, we've been going Mix Miller, and the kids have been getting it pretty well. Has it been hard? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little hard, but they're working on it, because they love me, right? Yeah. This is in reference to me hanging my pride flag in my classroom in Texas. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to hang it up this year, um, but I did. <laughs> And to double down, I now have pride lights across the top of my whiteboard, too. Honestly, I don't know how admin's going to react. I don't know if they're going to react at all. But I do know that hanging this up is one of the things that makes my classroom as safe as it is. And I'll keep it up until somebody tells me to take it down. So I guess I'll keep y'all updated. Today is my first day subbing in an elementary school rather than a preschool, and in preschool, you're just like teacher your first name, but in elementary school, you're like Mr. or Mrs. last name. And so I've been trying to think and like decide what my teacher name is going to be, and I don't want to be Mrs. last name. Like, I've never wanted to be Mrs. last name. So for a while, I thought like Ms. last name would be okay, but like, I don't know, I didn't love it. And then I was like, okay, how about Ms. H? Like, Ms. H would be okay. But then last night, I was thinking, and I was then I was like, Ms. H just gives like the vibes of like a woman and that just and like that just doesn't and so I was like mix H like that just like mix H just sounds that like that just just and so now I'm having a gender crisis but I'm also not quite brave enough to introduce myself as mix H yet so Ms. H it is for now and apparently I need to update my pronouns okay bye Attention all women in the world, we are going to be protesting the overturning of Roe v. Wade for the last fucking time. Stop exclusively referencing women when talking about the human rights violations that the overturning of Roe v. Wade commits. Because it is not just cis women that are fucking affected by this. Trans men with uteruses, non-binary people with uteruses, and intersex people with uteruses are all affected by this too. And if you are only talking about the human rights violations against women in regards to this issue, and you aren't even mentioning the shit that it does to all these other people that it affects, get the fuck out! If I see one more goddamn person call this a women's rights issue without even mentioning the fact that it's also a trans rights issue, a non-binary rights issue, and an intersex rights issue, I'm gonna be blocking them right the fuck away. I wanted to go ahead and talk about this because it's been asked so many times and it's really important to me and Billy and the rest of our family, especially Aiden. I do this with Aiden's permission. 
If anyone follows Aiden on TikTok, they know that she came out as trans not too long ago. And I think that that is absolutely wonderful. Our opinion on it is only Aiden knows who she is. And as her parents, we support her. We are so proud of Aiden for being so brave and being able to say to the world, this is who I am. I am proud of both Aiden and Austin. They are seriously some of the most beautiful humans that I know. Today, Aiden starts the next step of her journey and we're going to her pediatrician and getting a referral to the gender clinic at Seattle Children's. And that's all there is to it. I totally get that. I totally get that 100%. The thing is, I don't care. I really don't. I don't care at all. That's really cool. So, you're gay? I am. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> did you curl your eyelashes? I, I did. I use an eyelash curler. Um, but yeah, your previous question, I am gay. I came out of the closet when I was 21 years old. What's coming out of the closet mean? Coming out of the closet means when you tell everybody uh, that you're gay. It's something that gay people have to do. Do you have to be gay to do drag? No, anybody can do drag. Drag is for anybody and everybody who wants to put on a fun costume and get up on stage and entertain people. Everybody should try drag at least once. It's really fun. Even kids? Yeah, there's actually quite a few kids that are starting to do drag. What would your family say if you were a drag queen? Get out of this house. Really? Uh, that's what my dad would say. Well, I, you know, you can change people's minds. Yeah. I'm pretty much not weirded out now. You're not? Yeah, Good. I'm comfortable. Anybody can do anything they want. If yeah. if they want to wear a dress, that's fine. You just if need they to believe. Wear pants. Yeah. I just believe in it. Thank you, Thank Isabel. You. Hi, my name is Priya Dar. I'm one of the doctors at the Center for Adolescent and Young Adult Health here at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are basically a medication that says, hey, let's just put a pause on puberty. Um, and that can be really beneficial for younger kids who have start, already started the puberty process who either might um, go through a lot of psychological distress as they go through puberty if they're uh, struggling with gender dysphoria, or for somebody who's saying, hey, I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable in my body or, or what gender I truly identify with. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves, and parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically, and actions like refusing to get a haircut, or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the quote opposite gender toys 
things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life. So what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned. So that is a, a growing population that, they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. So, with hormones, um, the mental health piece kind of ties into that because we're able to give two letters, either for hormones or for surgery, readiness, things like that. And you delve deeper into it with that amazing team from UCI Gender Diversity Program. So, some of the folks in the UCI Gender Diversity Program are Ray Cervantes, who goes over the, the insurance part, Jeff Vu, who's a nurse practitioner. Dr. Hunt, Dr. Lynn Hunt, who's a pediatrician. We have Abigail, Catherine, and Caroline as well, who are med students who have been incredible and teach amazing information about hormones. So the hormone section, we talk about estrogen, we talk about um, testosterone, we talk about blockers, we talk about um, stopping puberty for our youth, ways in order to navigate that, what hormones will do, what they won't do, the timelines and things of that nature. Really excited. Hi folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. All right, I need to know if any parents of young kids have had this same experience. So we just took my three-year-old son in the doctor for a checkup. 
my three-year-old son. Okay, there's a reason why I'm emphasizing that and you're about to know why. So my wife and I are waiting in the room with our son and the doctor comes in and he sees my son sitting there on the table and the first question that he asks him is, are you a boy or are you a girl? And I look at my wife like, what the f So luckily my son understands obvious tenets of biology at three years old and says that he's a boy, just like his chart says. So the rest of the appointment I can't even focus because I'm wondering why in the world this guy is asking the question. And then I remember, oh yeah, I live in California. And call me paranoid, but this is where I think we're heading based on other things that have happened. An Ohio couple lost custody of their teenager for refusing them hormone treatment. And a divorced Texas couple were in a court battle over whether or not to let their seven-year-old transition from a boy to a girl. And many are saying that the new proposed Equality Act could lead to more parents losing custody of their kids who want gender transition. So again, call me paranoid, but I'm wondering if the doctor is asking the question of my son to see if he can establish a pattern over time that shows that my son wants to be a girl. But here's the thing. My son is three. I'm not even going to let him choose what he wants for dinner. And some days, my son thinks he's a dinosaur. But I'm not going to let him transition to a dinosaur. And being in California, this is probably going to happen to people like me first. But I don't think it's going to be long before we start seeing parents lose custody of their young kids because they're not letting them transition to the opposite gender. And I think pediatricians are going to be the ones who are going to start calling it out. I'm like very out at work. Um, I, at least at my teaching job, I'm very out. I wear my pronouns and stuff. Um, and I'm like, I like correct the kids and the, like the kids have gotten to like correcting each other. And it was like so awesome today. We were, I was in charge of our like active activity and one of the kids referred to me as a girl and one of my kids was like, Jamie doesn't have a gender. Jamie's not a girl. Oh my God. And like the kid was just like, what do you mean? And she was just like, Jamie doesn't have a gender. Jamie is not a girl. I like the way that like, the way that has me is so emotional. <laughs> like, she like even like, like said the pronouns to him. Oh my God. She was like, Jamie's they. <laughs> She's eight. <laughs> my 52 year old parents still fucking call me she after being out for three years <laughs> and i like just told the like really like started correcting the kids back in like september <laughs> like that was like so awesome that was just like so awesome like i've like never felt more love than like when i am with my kids <laughs> like they like correct each other are you kidding me okay so story time um, you know, I've only been using they, them pronouns for about a year now. And sometimes I have those days where I get, you know, constantly she heard and it's really hard to correct. And sometimes I don't because I just don't have the energy to. Um, but, you know, recently I, I work in education and I've been running into younger kids as young as seven years old who are identifying as gender fluid, as non-binary. And I had this moment the other day where a kid was questioning like, hey, you're too young to know your gender. You're too young to know your gender identity. And I was like, I don't agree with you. I think that you can present how you want to present regardless of age. And um, it was this moment where I felt like I could finally sort of explain what I've been trying to, what I've been feeling for so long. 
but now advocating for someone else. And it was a learning moment for all of us. It was a beautiful learning moment in the fact where this young child who didn't agree in using they them pronouns met a person who uses they them pronouns and it was a civilized circle manner and by the end of it he actually apologized to the kid and was like hey i'm sorry that i did that i don't know why i did that thank you for telling me and i'm like yo this is how it could be everywhere but everyone's gotta fuck shit up and i'm like you guys just Share your toys in the sandbox and we'll be okay. That's problematic!